It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, it is I, your host, Jack Lawrence, one half of the podcast tag team champions of the world. And like usual, my co-host, Mr. Cedric Welton, is Ryan Shotgun with me here today. Saturday morning, audio dope. So, you know you know what we come here to do. It's just Saturday morning, audio dope. We're here to break down this past week's NXT, night one of the Great American Bash presented to you at limited commercial interruptions as they felt the need to constantly remind us throughout the show and when they went to commercial they would be back in 90 seconds so we're gonna talk about all of that it was a very it was was a solid show we'll get into that we'll have our usual sidebars and deep dives we'll even talk about the spoiler that i'm sure you have seen by now and if you have it we won't spoil it for you but we'll we will address it as vague as possible Plus, God, who knows what else we'll get into it Saturday morning. Saturday morning, Audio Dopage Podcast, Tag Team Champs. Go ahead and strap in and join. If you hear the fireworks in the background, happy 4th of July, people. Said, how you doing today? It's a glorious day. It's a great day to talk wrestling. We, we're in the middle of a war, and both of these shows are coming out with the big guns to, to pretty much grab our attention in the middle of this quarantine. So it's a lot of stuff, a lot of theories you can dive in. Yes, there is a spoiler um, by one of the Punjabi Punishers who is still employed right now. Let's 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 like let that be known. Still employed, so maybe a little bit of a swerve we got here. But this week's NXT had so much to offer, and you ready to jump in? Yeah, let's go ahead and hop right into it. And the Punjabi Punisher might still be employed, but I'm willing to bet that push is coming to a screeching halt, much like them Forgotten Sons. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that that would be terrible for us. What if, you can repackage Bivens. Bivens could come out and be like, nah, man, I had dropped them. They wasn't worth a damn. They had to get the hell out of here. They was holding me back. Every time I looked at them, I got pissed off to the highest power of pissativity. Yes, they could do that. They, they, they could go that route. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Tough one. We'll get into that later, but let's for our sake, let's hope that we have multiple endings shot, which is totally in the realm of possibility due to the climate that we're in. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So where do you want to start on this card? You just uh, want to go down the <clears throat> down the uh, ranks or you want to get one of the throwaways? Um, depends. Do you want to start the show mad or do you want to start the show on a good note? Uh, if, if it means I get to go on the rant, let's start off mad. Let's go. All right. Um, I told you so. I told you. Just going to go ahead and start this right now. I told you so. I am an oracle, son. You are Mr. Oh, I'm always right. No, sir. You are not right. Let's go back and check these 54 plus episodes and check the tape on prediction shows. I am Mr. Right here. I ain't bad a thousand, but I'm bad a strong 600, 750 right now. I'm Tiger Woods at the Masters smoking the competition. And if you would like to know what I'm referencing, said who won the women's number one contender match? You're just going to slide into it like that, huh? Yes, sir. Like, just no, no precursor, no, just, just jump right in with the blast. I, I asked you if you want to start off mad or if you want to start off elsewhere. 
All right, man. So I'm going to give Jacob his flowers this week. I was absolutely wrong about the outcome and ending of this match. Um, in fact, the eliminations actually did the eliminations go how I, how I said they went how I said. No, I mean, like who, who went out first? Didn't Larray go out first? Yep. Candace was out first. Then Mia. Then Mia. And it came down to Dakota and Tegan. I called that, right? No, I call that. I definitely said LeRae was getting out of here first. Yeah, I think you may have called it down to Kai and Tegan. I think what I called was, uh, I think I called Tegan going out second. I think that's where I missed. Either way, the match was dope. A lot of great spots. I'm going to give Jacob his flowers today because he picked correctly on Tegan Knox. You gotta, if you got to have Shirai nerf somebody, you take the person who can get a little bit of a profile by going one-on-one with the champion in her first championship match. Not much to lose there. She'll save face by losing to Shirai whenever that title match is. I don't like it <laughs> because I want to see Shirai have a meaningful feud. But maybe this means down the road we'll get more, more boss versus Shirai, you know? Um, the detail in this match is actually pretty dope. One thing I love that we're probably going to see more of down the road is Tegan Knox versus uh, Candice LeRae. And what you would notice at different times is they were not engaging in each other and uh, fighting each other. But every time they actually hit each other, they stopped and looked like, oh, damn, I, I really did that. Or I didn't mean to do that. When Knox struck LeRae on the outside of the ring, she stared at LeRae like, oh, I'm like, damn, I didn't mean to do that. And then when LeRae hit Knox in the corner, I think she did the same thing. Also, the long stare down after LeRae got pinned. Knox sitting there in disbelief, like, I can't believe I had a hand in that. So I don't know if this is, like, the meaningful, like, we'll get, like, the sibling robbery, if you would, where they're fighting each other, or maybe LeRae brainwashes Knox, but there's a lot to do with that storyline, because I know we're both tired of Knox and Kai all the time. Yes. Yeah. So I think we're finally getting out of the Tom and Jerry feud between Dakota and Tegan for the time being. And I know you said you want EO to have a meaningful feud. Who says Knox can't be a meaningful feud? Because you don't believe she'll beat EO Shirai. You don't have to beat somebody to make it meaningful. Yeah. Yes. You have. You, there has to be some element of they could actually lose to make it viable. There is no fiber in your body that believes Knox has a chance. Uh, Right now, no. If you ask me in two, three months, I'd probably say likely, possibly. Yeah, I believe it. But think about this, though. Let's sit here and say that next week we get Knox, Io Shirai, right? And Somehow, Tegan Knox has the upper hand on EO. And Tegan is setting up to go for the shiniest wizard. And Candice LeRae slides out and like grabs Tegan's foot and calls Tegan the matchup. Now, you just slid Candice in. Now you got a nice little three-way for the title. And there is EO's first meaningful feud. Is, but are we really, is it meaningful? Because you know the money is LeRae versus EO, and Knox is kind of just there. 
Well, you eventually pick off one, whichever one that you choose to pick off. And there you go. You have no idea how 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 deep my stomach sank when Tegan Knox won that damn match. <laughs> I watched it I, I watched it maybe about around midnight, one in the morning my time. It was like, wow, that literally the this thing that should not have happened happened. Did did I not tell you it was gonna happen and did I not lay it out perfectly for you? It's like I got mad Jack Swagger winning money in the bank vibes from that. Wow. That's no slight to Tegan. It's just it was very Shit. unexpected for me. It was just very <laughs> unexpected to me. Like I think Tegan's a dope wrestler. Love that she brings back the Molly go around, does the choke slam like the hurricane. I just don't see her as Io Shirai's big first big threat. So we're going to get kind of a babyface versus babyface match. Maybe you get some interference from the Ray, like you said, or maybe it's just a clean victory for Shirai and you give Tegan a nice little pat on the back. Say, hey, it's not your time, your kid. Possibly, but wow, wow. No disrespect, but I'm getting Jack Swagger vibes from you. No, that, no, don't get me wrong, because I literally That's what you on Jack Swagger's head on After Buzz a few days ago. Not... Not Jack Swagger vibes. I'm saying just like the moment, the moment that Jack Swagger won the money in the bank. Tegan getting this moment was kind of flat on me because it's very unexpected. Wow. Not, not comparing her to him as a wrestler at all. She's a phenomenal wrestler. Wow. I just thought that this moment would have been bigger for Kai to go one so she can go over the hump without Raquel Gonzalez being there, which would have been huge. No, it would have been the complete opposite, but I'll let you go ahead and get this theory off. So continue on. It, no, it would have been huge for her to get that win. Cause then she goes in the feud as a legitimate threat to Shirai and she got the muscle behind her. That's believable. You believe like, okay, they can probably take the title off Shirai. Okay. Okay. But here's how, Dakota winning this match sans heater does no good for the heater. If she just beat three of the best women in NXT without the heater, what the hell do you need the heater for? But she did it because it was single elimination. It wasn't a gauntlet match. She didn't pin everybody. You can still lay the claim that I beat all three of you. Because you know why? The record book is going to have a dub next to Dakota Kai and an L next to the other three. So I can literally say I beat you three. Technicality, I was absolutely right because I had to pin at least one of you motherfuckers to get to get the win. So that does nothing to your heater, but make your heater look disposable because it's like, hey, I don't need my heater to beat arguably a top 15 women's wrestler in Candice LeRae, top 15 in Mia Yim, and a top 25, top 30 in Tegan Knox. But I need my heater to beat up Casey Catanzaro, who just came from American Ninja Warrior, and Caden Carter. Get the hell out of here. Looking at it way deeper than it should be, because it's an elimination match. That's still optics. That's still. And she didn't. She literally didn't pin. No, but you're saying if she or Mia Yim. But you're saying if she would have won. There you go. That's why it looks bad. 
They're not be. I, I'm not going to let you convince me that this is the right call. <laughs> that, that that's that's where I'm going with this. I would not be convinced this was the right call. It's a it's a nice it's a cute call to have some transitional match for great great the Great American Bash, but that's all. So you really just want to admit that it was a right call because I was the one that called it right. That's I already that's gave really, your flowers. That's really, I already did. I, yeah, I but it, it still was, hurts I said you. It was right. It still hurts you. Like the Cameron Grabs apology, it still hurts you. No, I'm fine. I I I, I took my apology with Cameron Grimes like a man. And, oh. I, and if I got to buy that T-shirt, I will buy the T-shirt <laughs> and I will wear it on this podcast. That will be reluctantly. Ah, it's gonna be all right. Uh, quick sidebar. We'll go ahead and just get into a sidebar, nice and early here, because I think we're done with the women's elimination match. Unless you got anything else you want to add to it? Nah. Well, the only thing left to add is if we'll see if this is going to be a confirmed match for day two of the Great American Bash. Exactly. Or if we're going to let this breathe a little bit and maybe build something into it, we should know by the time we come on your audio airways on Wednesday with the preview show. So, sidebar, before Mia says started recording, we were discussing the news of the day or the news of the past couple of days in regards to Washington's football team, whose name I will not mention, are in the process of reviewing and looking at possibly changing their team's name. Well, guess what just came across my Twitter timeline? Ken Rosenthal, arguably one of the biggest baseball reporters, insiders, You can say he's the watch of baseball. Just broke the news that the Cleveland Indians are ready to discuss changing the team name. Wow. I told you, once you got Washington up out of here, or got them thinking about it, the Indians and the Chiefs and the Braves are next and the Blackhawks in hockey. A domino effect. (laughs) Like, it should probably go Washington, the Cleveland Indians, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, those three, yeah, gotta change. Chiefs of the Braves will get to you in a second. Hmm. This is just an honest question. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not trying to stir the pot. Is Kansas City Chiefs offensive? These are your reigning Super Bowl champions. Yes, because it still has that connotation. Not to mention they do a bastardized version of the war chant, much like the Braves do. So you're using parts of that culture. I thought they literally do the same chant as the Florida State Seminoles. Not the same. Not the same. One, this is going to sound incredibly messed up. Full disclosure, I live in Tallahassee. I am an FSU fan. So there's the full disclosure. Two, FSU pays the Seminole Tribe of Florida a pretty penny every year to use the name Seminole. Also, anybody that's ever watched the Florida State football game, before the game starts, you have Chief Osceola and Renegade come out to the field. Osceola is a FSU student every year who is from the Seminole Tribe. So they try to keep things as Seminole tribe-based as possible. Not to mention they send the tribe millions of money. Not saying it's right, 
but it's not as bad as, oh, I don't know, naming your team a racial slur for those people. And the war chant is a thing that was adopted. It's aware. It's accepted. The Braves have like a slightly sped up, slightly off-tune version of it, saying for the Chiefs. And it's like, that's why I said the Chiefs. It's like, if you if I say Chief, what image comes to mind for you? Okay, me personally, whenever I hear Chief, I always think like, in the context of this ain't a Chief. That's okay. Pop culture reference, but yeah. um, I guess when I think of chief, I think of like a leader of a tribe. That's what I think of. Right. But you also get like either that stereotypical, damn it, I was trying to avoid saying the word red skin, but like red skinned image, right? The character. No, not necessarily red skin, but obviously the uh, not, not darker toned individual, but I'd say not white, not white. Yeah. Carmel complex individual. I think of the, the headrests. Um, yeah. Obviously. So you see where I'm getting Head, at headdress, this. Headdress. Yes. Know? So you see where I'm getting at this. Yeah. So, so I, I get it. So yeah, you, there are images that have been planted in our brain since K through 12 of what these things look like, which is probably completely inaccurate, which means we got to change our learning system in school folks. Yeah. Um, so in order to do that, you have to erase the images that are in present uh, form. No, I'm all, I, I get that. I'm all for it. And also, I was going to say, if you also think Chief, in my mind, since we're talking about this team, I can kind of get the Chief Wahoo pretty quick of Cleveland Indian fame, and that shit is racist as all hell. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was like, all right, cool. You get Indians and the Blackhawks out of here first. The Blackhawks have a racial connotation to it, and the logo is literally an Indian head with the feathers. Kind of right there. Like, I don't know what you got to do. Maybe you have to go the FSU route and break off some money, which allegedly Snyder has done on his half. But it's like not quite the same when the name is a slur and not the name of a collection of people. So I don't know. But those would be the two. That's why like Chiefs, like it's not directly, but although their damn logo is an Arrowhead and their stadium is called Arrowhead Stadium. So it's like right there for you. And then you got to get the Braves out of here too because you literally do the tomahawk chop. And you have a tomahawk on your logo. Like those two are the smaller ones where it gets tricky. But Indians, Washington, oops, you got to go. No, yeah, I get that. That's, that's it because like you said, I said Chiefs and it brought you to that image. So... Yeah, it's something that we've learned from, like, preschool, like Disney, all these little things. Fucking Thanksgiving, the Pilgrims and the Indians. Like, I'm pretty sure they probably put some little kid, if we could think about kindergarten, they probably put some little kid in a red face. Yeah. 2020, the most... uh volatile year i've ever been a part of but the year that hopefully invokes change yeah and people are like and people like you got to be stop you got to stop being so sensitive so pc and it's like uh this isn't being sensitive this is correcting the course history does two things it tends to repeat itself and it tends to correct itself also 
So and there's a lot of history that is omitted as yeah. well. So let's let's just be fair here. This is stolen land that we are all on with stolen people. There's a quote like this country was built on stolen stolen land by labor of stolen people, by people who did not want to pay for taxation on tea. It's like, you know, can we just kind of even things out here? It's not that foreign of a concept because almost every country in the world that has done something shitty to their people has paid some form of reparations or has tried to atone for their sins. Literally, Germany has banned all Nazi insignia and even any mention of Nazis, basically. Like, you ain't going to see no Hitler or any of his general statues. God damn it, there's a Robert E. Lee high school, middle school, everywhere. So, just saying, atone for your sins. But then again, that requires this country to admit that they were wrong. That's one of the big things. People don't want to admit that they are wrong. And finally, when it comes to my favorite football team, the Washington football team, the one person that's holding all the cards in that situation is his bottom line is being affected, and he is seriously considering changing the name. Now, he could double down. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this has came up various times in the past, and he's said they were going to review the name, and he's doubled down and kept it in effect. Um, but... 2020 is like any no other year, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. The social climate is very uneasy. So there is a time to get it done. And I don't think there's any saving face for Daniel Snyder, the man, at all. Um, but if there's any time to do it where you can do something positive for a change, now it's time to do it. So that domino effect is now happening. just like hey here's the time the world is literally basically at a standstill due to COVID-19 so Mm -hmm. why not go ahead and sort out some of the horrible things that we've done as a country and as people yep but again it requires for you to admit that you were wrong and that's very un-American But hey, you know, that's enough. Just quick, see, quick sidebar. Speaking of uh, offensive logos. Oh, God. Timothy Thatcher put on a match with Oni Lorcan. So which logo is offensive? Because I want to know how you make this transition. Uh, I was just thinking about Timothy Thatcher's smile. It's offensive to uh, a great great dental work being done across this country. Yeah. Thinking of nice smiles and Timothy Thatcher is the exact opposite. Um, so yeah. Defensive the cosmetic dental work everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a match that we knew like when we did the preview last week, we or earlier this week, we completely knew uh, this was going to happen. It was nobody's nobody's surprise that this was going to be a clinic on the mat. We'd see a bunch of holds. We see some hard hittings. The only thing that surprised me is how long the match went on. It went on for a while. This was like a pretty lengthy match for an Orny Lorcan against somebody who they seemingly want to put in a primetime spot in Timothy Thatcher. Um, I think one, I, I will say we both got it wrong though. We both called knockout and Thatcher finished his match with a Fujiwara armbar and held that thing in just to add some extra insult to injury. 
yeah, we were both wrong, but it looks like this isn't over because Orny tweeted. Let me find this damn tweet. Did he really? Yep. Uh, hold on. I just saw it fly across my timeline. Oh, let me go. Let me pull up Orny. Here we go. Lorkin, Oni Lorkin. Here we go. Oni Lorkin tweet. I don't know where that busted British accent just came from, considering how <laughs> Lorkin is the American one of the group. <laughs> Honestly, what it, was it on purpose? And we'll leave an NXT podcast with stereotypes here. Any British people that listen to this, I apologize. Just, I don't even know, man. I don't even much know. But yes, he tweeted out two hours ago in all caps, that bum Tim Thatcher tried to break my arm. I know he's a scumbag and doesn't own a phone. Can you make sure he sees this video for me? Thank you. I have not clicked play on the video yet, but it is 37 seconds. And it looks like a pissed off Orny Larkin. So we ain't done with this. I guess not, man. I'm here for it. Again, violence. Uh, well, I guess what else? Um, I don't know if this is before or after the show. Maybe it was before the show. He said, Tim Thatcher is a dead man. Um, and then the reply is Robert Stone says, you saw what I can. No, this is after the show. Cause Robert Stone said, you saw what I can do tonight. Uh, <laughs> the day after, um, wow. Is that a sign of him targeting Lorkin for the Robert Stone brand? Interesting. I was Should wondering when Robert Stone would try to sign a competitor, a man, somebody from the men's division, instead of just having all women. I don't want to hear what Oni is saying, but the gist of the matter is he wants to smoke again. I was going to say, it ain't over. It's all, it's all I need to know. It's basically, hey, you tried to break more arms, so I'm going to come back and run this real quick. Okay, let's, uh, let's play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Would it behoove them to make a few out of this and let, let Lorkin pick up a win over Thatcher? Or does that hurt Thatcher too much? No, as long as Thatcher wins the feud in the end. I mean, but they never even let... Oh, no, they did. Riddle did pick up a victory over Thatcher. Mm-hmm. He just lost the war. Basically. I'll give you the battle as long as I win the war. Okay. Maybe, maybe Thatcher's in a match... Uh, I doubt it'll happen next week, but maybe he's in a match, and after the match, he's holding the the bar the arm bar too long. Prompts Lorkin to Lorkin to come out and attack him and get the better better of him in that moment. Yeah, that that could be it. That's right there, nice and easy, nice and easy. Okay, I mean, like I said. Good match. If you love hard-hitting action, if you're a fan of Matt Technicians, this is a match for you. Um, the outcome fooled nobody. The length did, but it seems like they're going to build off this, so that means no more, or at least for now, there will be no Lorcan and Birch in the tag team division. Uh, that's okay, because I feel like maybe Birch steps up next week. And Thatcher, again, Keeps him in armbar too long, and then Birch runs down to save him. So yeah, I mean, and we can talk. We'll, we'll talk about the tag division a little bit later because it seems like 
if I can be frank, these titles are probably not going to be defended on the second night of the Great American Bash. Uh, safe bet. Although, I would not doubt it. Unless it's against your boys and do share, don't see it happening. Another thing that I thought would happen is Rhea Ripley joining the Robert Stone brand. And <laughs> oh, we were wrong. We much were wrong. to my disappointment, my great disappointment, they finished the match with a double tap. Oh my God. There is nothing more emasculating than having a man and his, 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 uh, the person he's managing, his employee, tap out. At the same time, I know employee is not the correct the correct term there. His uh, client, client, yeah, his client. They both tap at the same time, and you know what? There was moments in this match where where Aaliyah was putting in work too, off the distraction, getting the best of Rhea, off of a kick into the corner. They made Robert Stone look like a complete bum. No, wow, they did. They made him look like a complete bum. From the he had on the Drew Gallic. Uh, Boxing robe coming to the ring, had goggles, mouth guard, uh, shadow boxing in the ring to hit nothing, and dove to the outside of the ring, telegraphed it just to hit complete ground against Rhea Ripley. They had Rhea Ripley completely embarrassed Robert Stone, which doesn't make me feel good about the brand anymore if they let uh, Ripley run over them like this, because she could have definitely spearheaded the brand as a, like a viable threat. But it seems like NXT writers have different plans. I mean, you can still do it as a viable threat. Maybe we're just taking the long way here. You think we're taking a long way when they made Robert Stone look like that? I mean, Robert Stone has been thrown in a dumpster. He's been an alcoholic for the past month. You can't go from being an alcoholic to beating a two-time NXT champion. That's the thing. He didn't have to be the one to beat Ripley. He just had to be the one to distract her enough for Aaliyah to pick up the pin. Thus Um, locking her up. As a client, Aaliyah can't even beat Zia Lee. So she's beaten Zia Lee already once before. Yeah, she also got a face broken like twice. So did you really win? <laughs> and I, I, this is the wrong call. <laughs> right now, I, I agree with call. you. However, if you play this right in the long run, it might not be the wrong call. Maybe not, because now, um, and I say it's the wrong call, because we know we can bounce around with Aaliyah and Robert Stone for a little while, because they're still a little bit in their infancy as a tandem. But where does Rhea Ripley go from here? And on a backstage exclusive, she said, Rhea said she was happy that she got to legally beat up Robert Stone twice. She said it twice. And also mentioned that she was happy that she she didn't have to join the stupid brand. But she also is proud to have the chance to kind of refocus her priorities, which we know in most cases, priorities are going to stem around NXT Women's title. But she said she was curious to see who they bug next. So she'll keep an eye out on that. She ain't done with them. Probably not. It's a storyline that can keep on giving. Robert Stone already doubled down in in another interview and said uh, they lost the match because they didn't want Rhea Ripley and the Robert Stone brand. Which is, you know, always great. Like, yeah, I ain't really want to. You, you ever seen your homeboy try to shoot a shot and get Kurt? And he's like, man, I ain't really want to, though. You know, I just had to go try. 
you know, I ain't really want it. I just want to make sure I still had it. Exactly. It's that that uh that denial right there. That you know, so I turned her down. I don't know who else they can go after, man, but geez, like Mercedes Martinez? That would be good. That would be somebody that can give them a serious member in their group. But I'm just more concerned by the direction of uh, Ripley. Are we going to just do Ripley versus EO here in the next month or so? No, back of the line. The back, back of the line. Like, she pinned you. You didn't try to run it immediately right back. You've taken this L. Like, get Jazz to step it. Is it ever truly the back of the line, though? It is the back of the line for all intents and purposes until we get into a pinch and we're like, all right, you're a former women's champ, so you have credibility. Otherwise, back of the line. Like Martin say, gets to step in <laughs> back of the line. Or just hang out with Robert Stone for a few more weeks. Seems like what you're going to do anyway. Yeah, why not? I'm having fun with this angle. I mean, I, I literally want to see Rhea have her chops with somebody being the mouthpiece for her and being in a situation she doesn't want to be in in the Robert Stone brand. I think it has legs if they just allow it to happen. Yeah, so why not let her stay in that little pack? Keeps her out of the title picture. I'm sure you find something where eventually, let's say they go pick on Casey and Caden, and then somehow Rhea turns and joins the Robert Stone brand, rehabilitation, Rhea Ripley and the Robert Stone brand all in one. If this happens, I need my 10% royalty fee, Vince. Hunter, Sean, Road Dog. Matter of fact, Road Dog, I've met you a few times. You're a real nice guy. I hate to have to slide down to Orlando, up to Pensacola. You know, just shoot ten percent, man. Tweet me at underscore J Della or at said underscore says that C E W D underscore S A Y S. Either one of us. It is clear that somebody in WWE HQ is listening to these podcasts because there is no way Jacob will be right about all these things. I am convinced. <laughs> I am convinced that there is a ringer in WWE HQ because. The amount of bear embarrassment I have been subjected to this these past few months, man, just with Jacob being right about shit, it's like it's getting it's getting very conspiracy like around these parts, man. And we've reached the conspiracy theory stage. We we have reached that, man, because it's just like you just have, are right about the most random things, and I'm I'm convinced. I am convinced that we have a spy in HQ that just just downloads our podcast and is like, hey. That's a great idea to adopt, and I'm going to write that out. You know, I'm at that point. Hey, Hunter, so I had this idea, right? It came to me. You know, I was just at the the house, and it it just came to me. (laughs) Like, Jesus, like, come on. (laughs) Clearly, I'm not over the Tegan Knox thing. Clearly, I'm not over that. Not over a lot of things right now. (laughs) It was so bogus, but such is life. Such is life. You know what's funny, though? Go ahead. So we can look and see like where this podcast is downloaded from. And in the past 30 days, we've had a few downloads out of the Orlando area. So interesting. Just gonna put that there. I'm gonna give you a little bit of gas to your conspiracy theory. Just saying, it's not at, at this point, 
all options are on the table for me. <laughs> Every single thing, because <laughs> from this, and I'm, and let's not be clear. This is not me being petty right now. This is like, <laughs> hey, he was right about uh, Finn Balor losing to Cameron Grimes, which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's, it's still happening. Like it's still happening weeks later. Something's got to give. They're like, just, just, just come clean. Send me a DM on Twitter and say, "Hey, you're kind of right. This is this is who I am. I'm a <laughs> WWE writer, and we we love the show. I, that's all I need. I'm not even asking for anything fiscal or financial. Nothing. Just give me some peace of mind. It's not normal. <laughs> I mean, look for the record. I think, matter of fact, I know for our first preview show, we previewed Worlds Collide back in January. And I went perfect on the card. And never okay. since then. <laughs> oh. oh, man. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Please, if this is actually a thing, please, whoever you are, Seriously, send Seth a DM or tweet him something just so he can get a little bit of peace of mind. That's all I asked for. Because I really might break Seth by the time SummerSlam rolls around at the rate we're going right now. Man, I'm, I'm going to be hurt, man. I'm going to be extremely hurt. All right, so what else do we have? We had a Mercedes Martinez promo. More of the same, basically. She's arriving next week. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. So, maybe Robert Stone tries to get her? Who knows? I think that would be a good look for the brand, you know, and it'll help Martinez kind of get thrown into a storyline sooner rather than later, because we know... uh, (laughs) I don't know who our um, Jabra Elite are in the women's division, but we know she's not taking on one of the black Jabra Elite, but she's going to get... Squash match for sure. Oh, she gonna nerf somebody. It'd probably be uh if anything, I, I'd hedge my bet on her um taking on Santana Garrett. Probably. It's either Santana or Casey. Yeah, one of those two. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the side of the tracks real quick because I actually want to talk about the strap match in detail. So we're gonna get the mid up out of here first. We had to talk about Legacy Dale Fantasma. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Because Jacob was right about this again. I thought we were going to go a whole entire show without having to see this man. But no. I told you. No. We had to see. We had to see uh, Santos Escobar appear on screen with the. And I honestly tuned out. I listened to not a single word he said because uh, <laughs> Drake Maverick, and I think Drake Maverick had new uh, theme music, by the way, because it sounded a little different. Um, but he appeared, made a beeline towards the ring to attack all three members of, and I guess their uh, trio name is Legacy Dale Fantasma. Uh, what was surprising about this, because we know Drake Maverick was going to try to be the guy to just take on all three. He doesn't look like a guy that was going to be able to succeed in that department. Rizango shows up, mm-hmm. which is weird. Uh, Rizango shows up and helps Drake Maverick in this feud, helps him clean house. And Dango says, uh, I think he says something along the lines of next week, you can't run. Correct. So now, so now we got a triple threat. 
Got a six man next week. Sorry, six man. Six man match next week between the three, which leads to my theory that, hey, these tag team titles we have on Imperium are probably not going to get defended because two of your tag teams are involved in other feuds, meaning Lorcan and Birch and Brizango. Why? So here, here's my thing. Instead of just having a title match, you know, like why this random six man tag and why is Brizango uh, coming to the aid of Drake Maverick? By the way, Funniest tweet I saw after this is, you can't play Fandango's music after a stare down. Died. (laughs) Yeah, you really can't. So why Brizango? Why why are they the the heroes here? All right, so why Breeze and Fandango? Simple. And you're not going to like this, but both men can technically challenge for the cruiserweight title. Can Candango? I know Breeze. I think he's can. right at that two hundred five cusp. I'm pretty sure he could cut it to two hundred five if he wanted to. Okay. And also, if they build him at two hundred five, I don't think too too many people are going to bat an eye. Because if you're telling me Johnny Wrestling is a buck ninety five, then you know. Okay. So that that's the simple answer. Is there? Technically, cruiserweights. Plus, um, Wild and Mendoza. Goddamn, I blank on their names. I always get one, can't remember the other. Mm-hmm. Wild and Mendoza are relatively unproven in NXT. Yeah. Still. Like, I, I know that. Wild came from Impact. It was DJZ. Can't remember where Mendoza came from. <laughs> But why not put them in the ring with two vets? And as far as Escobar goes, he's a seasoned vet, and so is Rockstar's bud, a.k.a. Drake Maverick. So it just makes sense. You have nothing else for Fandango to do. Not bring him back to Fashion Files. They're currently, apparently, out of the tag team picture right now. Maybe you want to give uh, Fandango a few more reps with that elbow? Why not? Why not? And maybe, just maybe, you'll get a non-mid match out of Phantasma or Escobar. The last statement is still on trial. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Have you... I don't know, man. I I don't want to make any more bets because I'm I'm seeing like I'm... (laughs) <laughs> heavily in the L climb L column there, but like I, I think I'd be hard pressed to find a a banger fantastic match in WWE. Uh Swerve Scott. It was it was all right. It's all right. Um oh yeah, since since you since you brought him up too, it looks like we're gonna we didn't talk about this earlier, but we're probably gonna get some random Swerve versus Johnny Gargano feud. Yeah, I think they made the match official for next week, if I'm not mistaken. So that was completely random. And if you saw NXT, you saw Candice and uh, Mia Yim get into it post-match, which leads to a street fight being booked next week. And for whatever reason, Swerve Scott was right there with the whole, don't talk to me like that, Johnny. Don't be pushing me, Johnny, which was like, why are you there? He just happened to to be in the back, probably chilling with Mia and some whatnot. And then, you know. 
He defending Keith Lee's girl? Uh, Keith Lee carried another man's woman. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, apparently I think he, he is. Would, I think he would have reason to, you know, uh, the same thing he was worried about that car ride home. It's like, what, what was that? <laughs> and Mia just be like, look, man, you carried the white woman and cared more about her. You picked her up. It was concerned. You over here yelling at me. So, so get up. Get up. <laughs> so I feel like Mia's like, hey, fair is fair. All right. It's still one of those things where it's like, this is a random match. I mean, basically, we really were just trying to get to a Mia Yim, Candice LeRae street fight. Swerve just happened to be back there. It's like, oh, you know, we need to do something with Swerve since the man he was a few with got fired because he can't keep his hands to himself. Yikes. Okay. Okay. So it just seems like... (laughs) Hey, you're not going to like this. It just seems like you're about to see Swerve take yet another L. <laughs> you know, he kind of keep eating L's, really. I really don't think they hurt Swerve. And also, don't be surprised if Swerve gets one over on Johnny Wrestling. Biggest one of his career. I hear you. But go ahead. What's it the buzz? It ain't going to happen. It's, it's, just, it's definitely not going to happen. You've said that before. No, I, I really mean it this time. That's, You've that's said that before as well. Just, just because the the, re, the problem with that is uh, Johnny just got out of this number one contenders match. He still kind of has a stake to claim for the uh, North American title. Does he? A little bit. He's lost two straight North American. His last two matches at Warrant matches with his wife, he lost to Keith Lee. It's just not going to happen. I just... You talking about him getting like a cheap win over Johnny Gargano. And where and where would you take... Where would you go with Swerve from there if he gets that win? You slowly try to work him in the Cruiserweight title contention. So you beat Johnny Gargano, the heart and soul of NXT, and you get rewarded with a cruiserweight title shot? I said slowly. I'm just saying, that would be the big payoff there? Yeah, why not? No? I feel like that's kind of selling them short if you get a win against Johnny Gargano. I mean, he you can't just throw him into the NXT. But you should be able to throw him at least like, hey, you were going for the North American title. I feel like I deserve that title shot now. Or you can like do the cruiserweight too. title would be too much of like a yeah, like that that's that's where you belong to everything. We don't see you up here. That's fair. You can do that too. But I mean it's just like if you beat the champ in a non-title match, you can easily run it back and be like, hey, I won a title match now. Yeah, I hear you. He got he re- I mean he really does need to pick up some wins like in a bad way. Uh, I'm interested to see where that goes just because it makes, for me, it makes no sense that <laughs> it was Swerve back there and not Keith Lee. I was one of those things, I was like, huh? Like, all right. Insert, insert black well, guy backstage. Keith is focused on his winner's take all. Yeah, you can be focused, but you, that, that don't mean it was, it was day one. He was doing, he was uh, training or whatnot. 
Yeah, I know the logical stuff just still still didn't sit right with me. But we got so far away from Phantasma and Gang and now we got six man tag next week and I kind of like your theory about it being hey these are all technically cruiserweights but it takes the folks away from Breezango's push for the tag team titles and the one thing it does that's positive is it gives Drake Maverick some allies. So it looks like that's going to be a thing for a while. Exactly, because you can only beat Drake Maverick up so many more weeks before all of us were like, yo, stop picking on the little man. So yeah, what else do we have before we get to the main event? We had a kill match. match. Oh yeah, we had the strap match. Let's see, strap match. Cover the women. We cover... Timothy, what else? Strap, women, Timothy. Main event, there's another match. What match were we forgetting? We didn't cover the strap match. Yeah, no, I counted the strap match. I feel like we're forgetting another one. There are five matches. Thanks and Shrai. Yeah, thanks to Shrai. Strap match. Those are the only two that we haven't tackled yet. Women's match, we tackled. We tackled Thatcher. What else did we tackle? We tackled uh, Rhea versus. Oh Stone yeah, that's and... right. Damn! Wow, Robert Stoneberg really is forgettable. Wow, like I just talked about that fifteen minutes ago. Wow. And wow. I think Jacob just did that just to throw that in there. Which no, I'm I genuinely ignore. was trying to figure out what else we had talked about. I am ignoring the slights. <laughs> the subtle right. dig of Robert Stoneberg was not necessary. Dexter Loomis got to face his fears. Oh, you mean Roddy had to face his fears? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the listeners believe in XD podcast knew what I meant. Roddy Strong got to face his fears against Dexter Loomis in a strap match. Um, NXT's first ever strap match. And you know, it's funny that this has nothing to do with the strap match. One thing I was thinking the whole time is like, you can really never put a black man in a strap match. Not in this day and age. If you put a black man in a strap match in this day and age, his opponent better be black too. Yeah. Like I better get MVP Apollo in a strap match. Even at that, it's still going to have negative connotation behind it. But I mean, this match went, it went outside the ring as well. We saw the moment where strong almost got put in the back of the trunk. That was the car that was on stage. Hard hitting match, man. I, I was wrong. Um, I thought Roddy would have came out the victor here. Um, even even I thought Adam Cole would be here as well. Bobby Fish came down to help, which was the dumbest thing I ever seen. It's like he distracted or even hit uh, Dexter Loomis and then tried to hide. And it's no disqualification. What what are you hiding for? Because you're used to doing dastardly stuff that when you realize it's legal to do it, you're still trying to do it the illegal way. But you can't hide in an arena with no fans. Like we see you. We Look, see you. If Triple H couldn't see Oscar coming through the crowd a couple God, months ago. God, I should bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And the fact that he sold it, it's like, oh, I didn't even see her come in. Where did, where did she come from? I didn't even see her. Like, just, just, just waltzing down the, the ramp. Like, I didn't even see her. Where'd she come from? That was gold. Only because Triple H put it over. Um, Speaking <laughs> of which, slight sidebar. Can we get trips back on commentary? Yeah, man, that would be awesome. And honestly, if you want to fight fire with fire, if we're talking about the two uh, Wednesday night shows, 
Chris Jericho on commentary is undefeated right now. And the only person that's been rivaling him is Samoa Joe, who's more of a a serious voice on the mic. You, you kind of want somebody to have that satire and uh, be kind of comical. And, and Kevin Owens would be perfect for that. But since NXT, Triple H makes the most sense. Yeah. But yes, strap match. He tried to hide. Hey, man, if I'm doing heel stuff, I'm just kind of used to doing it. Uh, your boy Velveteen did not show up. Nope. So we will get to him in a second. I feel like it was a good match. And you know what was really great was the intro before the match where you had Roddy on the screen kind of like closed his eyes like, oh, we should get another little promo package and it led and rolled into his intro. And yeah, that was pretty sweet. Perfect. Pretty much counting down, taking the deep breaths to face the fears. That was that was pretty good. For, for a character like Roddy Strong, who's sometimes kind of kind of vanilla if you would that was that was good for him yeah that was perfect 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 and yeah like i said physical i enjoyed it dexter taking the strap and wrapping it around roddy and choking him out with it definitely can't do that with a black person nah not at all definitely can't do it and so yeah your theory was roddy and I'm sorry, Bobby and Cole would interfere. I was like, no, to just be Bobby. This isn't an Adam Cole problem. Velveteen would even the odds. Uh, no mention of Le Dream. Wasn't even like it was a. Uh, it was Blackbeard Bobby too, by the way, because the Greybeard would have got the job done. Let's let's, <laughs> let's point that out. Um, were, were you surprised that he submitted um, Roderick Strong? No, because that's like his thing. They've it's never thing. established well, Dexter doing anything other than throwing people in trunks and making them tap out to an anaconda vice. Yeah, he put the put the vice on him, um, and pretty much till. Wait, did okay? I'm trying to remember. Roddy tapped. He didn't uh, go unconscious, right? Right, he tapped. He tapped. So. I guess that plays up the angle of Roddy still being terrified of this man by tapping, wanting him to let go. Um, and I thought it would be more the same after the match with him holding on and just, just squeezing the life out of Roddy. But he kind of let go once the bell rang and took the strap off. And what was weird is the, the pose down. I don't think I've seen that post-match post for Dexter Loomis, him actually embracing the victory, if you would. So yeah. it seems like, what are, what are you trying to do with this character now? Like he got a little moment of satisfaction, maybe? Like we're starting to see just another little level? Mm-hmm. It's, it's clear that there's somebody in NXT backstage that wants us to like Dexter Loomis. Yeah, they're trying to. So, I mean, is Dexter Loomis... Oh, God, where, where does he project? <laughs> is he going to be... A guy that you can see in the main event scene. Is he a mid-carder? Like, who does he fight next? He is North American title bound right now. I was going to say tag team. But, uh, well, reports broke a couple weeks ago that Velveteen Dream was involved in a car accident. And that was about it. And then it turns out that um, Dream basically ran a red light or a stop sign and hit somebody. Been seeing a lot of reports from multiple people that uh, his days might be numbered. 
Yeah, which is sad to see because uh, he's such a great young talent. Uh, you kind of got to hope that things get better for him just on a, a personal level. And then it, it and that not too much affects him professionally, but we'll we'll see in due time. I'm glad that it wasn't a serious accident that he's that he'll be healthy and released from the hospital soon if he's not already. Because um, they definitely did have plans to make him and Loomis a tag team. Yeah, I think he might be heading down the path of we are going to cut you. Please go find yourself. And then we'll circle back, much like they did with Drew and countless other people. Right, right, right. Still young where you can get right, too. Yes, yeah, so come back to the company a big 24, way. 25 years old. Still early in that career. Yeah, so, you know, it'll be fine. Should be fine. Let me phrase that. Should be. That's enough of a team. Loomis is just going to have to sit in middle ground, maybe find a way into the North American title picture with Cameron Grimes. And um, what else? Oh, main event town. Actually, we got to take out some more trash for the main event. Wow. Um, We had a promo earlier in the evening with Damian Priest pretty much calling out Cameron Grimes and saying, hey, you picked the wrong guy. You, You denied slashing my tires. Gonna attack me before a match to to win the match. Next week, you won't. There there'll be none of this, and I'm calling you out. To which Cameron Grimes cockily wait. What am I trying to say? Arrogantly uh, accepted the challenge. So it looks like next week we'll get also get Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest, kind of to settle the score. Yeah, and okay. <laughs> yeah, just gotta take out that trash. I mean. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Kevin Grimes stuff, but there, he's going to be an action on a takeover level card. No, because I'm hoping and waiting to see if they throw th- uh, throw some kind of stip on this match. Hmm. What kind of stip could they throw? Uh, I don't know. At least make it no DQ or something. Like just something minor, like a minor stipulation. Yeah. Can't be anything too big because, I mean, it's, you don't want to overshadow the winner-take-all. Yep, and we did kind of tease the winner-take-all, so let's just go ahead and get into that real quick. Um, avoid the dirt sheeps. Dirt sheets, not sheeps. Just avoid those if at all at possible. But I will simply say WWE has done this before in the past. And they've also teased a false ending before. I can think of one specific example with the North American title. And that is all I will say. Okay. So, yeah, as we mentioned at the top of the show, spoilers are out there. The dirt sheets have reported some stuff. You got some boneheaded people. But since that has happened um, in the past 24 hours or so, there have been other developmental superstars that have come out and say, hey, we don't run a sloppy shop. There's multiple <laughs> endings. And if you don't understand the sloppy shop re- reference, just put that in Twitter. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 
Got people out here in rival companies calling out names, and I love it. I love it. You wanted a what? You wanted a war? You got one. Exactly. Main event time. Sasha Banks, Io Shirai, and Banks came to the ring in style. Came in the drop top convertible. Um, Bailey had a, a puppy for whatever had reason. Had a corgi with her. Okay. We got it. Okay, semantics. She had, a, she had a corgi with her. <laughs> Banks is rocking the red, white, and blue. Uh, Bailey even had a, uh, I think it was an airbrushed or spray painted jack- jacket featuring nothing but Sasha on it. So definitely played up the moment here for, for Banks being back in NXT, actually wrestling. And the match didn't disappoint at all. This was like, if you want to see a match happen, and I don't know what you people would think. Um, Sasha's best match was, but this was this was gold. This was gold. The fact that you got this on a Wednesday night is amazing. And I would even say that this is the reason why NXT won the first night. Nothing but nothing but big money banks putting on a great match. Big money banks. This is definitely one of the better women matches I've seen in WWE this year. And definitely one of the better matches of the pandemic era. Absolutely. Like ring psychology and you sent me a a tweet of a thread where a guy was breaking down the ending of it. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Because Oscar showed up, held the belt when Sasha looked like she was trying to grab it and use it herself. Takes the green mist to the face. Sasha lands and rolls over face down. EO hits the moonsault to uh, Sasha's back. Pin Sasha like throws her thigh leg over Sasha's face, which is already turned to the side. One, two, three, and the ref looks and is like, "Oh, where did this green come from?" But exactly, not on Eo's face. So the attention to detail there is so relevant to sure the rest of you and the pinfall uh, to have the ref react to the green mist on Sasha's face, but not see it on Eo, thus making the the call stand. You can't overturn the call because you see EO's not at fault. And it's beautiful because sometimes people wouldn't like an ending like this because it's like, hey, that's a cheap ending. Why can't you just have a straight up, straight up uh, victor here? And um, But it keeps Banks looking strong. It's like she lost with a caveat. I mean, and it doesn't do a discredit to Banks and it lets EO Shirai say, okay, this is my NXT now. But since uh, since the match, Banks has already said, like, hey, EO, good good match with you. This isn't over. So we might get more of them because Bailey and Sasha have been adamant with the uh, Bailey dough straps, Bailey three shows, Sasha three shows thing going on. Exactly. And on top of that, it always makes sense to have interference to continue our push and narrative instead of having interference for the sake of interference. Oscar's set to defend her title against uh, Sasha in what two, three weeks. Right. So why not have Oscar pop up out of nowhere, spray the mist, continue that narrative. So you're continuing that feud and Oh, I don't know if you really want to be lazy. You can say she came to save a friend because they're both from Japan. So yeah, it, it's perfect. It laid out perfectly. It sets the door open for Sasha and Eo to pick this back up any given moment. 
hey, I, I'm not mad. Gave me no, a like, quality matchup. Run it back. The, po- the power bomb Sasha did to the plexiglass on the outside. Uh, Io Shirai hitting the fe- Tiger faint kick. Like they, they are good, good dance partners for each other. It's the first time we've seen them work together. Um, run it back. I don't care what you got to do, what the stipulation is, what it's for. Um, if you got to bring Io Shirai up to SmackDown one day, it, it's going to lead to ratings. It's going to make the make everything that much more money. Exactly. Like if you got to slide Oscar down and make this tag team match. Yeah, she was hit it on the head. Um, I think Lance Storm was actually calling for that on Twitter. He was saying, wouldn't it be awesome if a Raw or SmackDown superstar held the title, held the tag team titles with the NXT superstar? He was calling for Asuka and Io Shirai to defeat Bailey and uh, Sasha. The new Kabuki Warriors? Since the other one is like, nah, screw you, I'm going home. That's sad, man, because really that, when you think about what the Kabuki Warriors were and what should have been, the tag team was always EO and Kyrie. Back in NXT, it was always EO and Kyrie. Yep. Geniuses of Sky, yeah. Yeah, she did. But they're saying that it's not necessary that she's not coming back, per se. That she's just going for an extended period of time. There's always still the possibility. Plus, WWE wants to expand to Japan next anyway. And what better thing to do than to have one of the best women's wrestlers in the world over there already? You can find a way to work it in where maybe she gets a PC gig in Japan. Exactly. So to say, although Knox been a champ like 70% of the time on the main roster. yes because it's going to be different than EO Sasha like this match was hard hitting with a pretty solid consistent pace I think E.L. Tegan is going to be a wee bit more of a sprint. Just a faster pace. 
I think it'll be better for Tegan. I don't know if Tegan can work the methodical technical style as well with EO. Like, I know she can work it, but it's like a different level when you're playing with EO. And also, we haven't really seen EO fly lately and just move at that frenetic pace. Yeah, definitely, because next week we have a six-man tag. Uh, Brizongo teaming up with Drake Maverick, taking on uh, Legato de Fantasma. And then what else do we have? We have a street fight, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae. We have Mercedes Martinez return. And we have the winner take all. Adam Cole, Keith Lee. Four matches? We had five this week. It's four. Possibility of maybe a random tag title defense or EO defending her title. I did not say the Punjabi Punishers. I mean, you could have put Lorch in a birch. They're just not using them as well as they should. (sighs) By some people, he means himself. It's okay. We all can't have good taste. Like your predictions? Or Nas's discography? Which one? You know what? (laughs) 
And by soon, this man bet that once Washington changes their name, they will win a championship within three years. Is what this man bet. So, but they don't even sniff the playoffs for the next three years. Let's remember this. I feel like me and you did this one episode where we broke down your roster. Or we may have did it before we hit record, but uh, you're the third Fourth best? No, your bottom. Yeah, your third best in your own division, if you're lucky. In actuality, too, probably. Let's just look at the NFC real quick. Okay. All right, so real quick, NFC East, uh, NFC East, North, South, and West. The NFC East, you just went through Cowboys, Eagles, likely playoff contenders. The NFC South, Tom and Tampa, Drew and Nola, Matt Ryan and Atlanta, Teddy and Carolina. Carolina was bum trash this year and was in playoff contention most of the year. Uh, the Falcons can pull it together real quickly and rebound. And let's see, what else do we have? You have the Bucks with the arguably the greatest quarterback of this generation, and you have the Saints. Those are two strong playoff teams and a third possible in the Falcons. Let's go ahead and move a little bit to the NFC North. Rodgers. That's all I have to say. The Lions, uh, not likely, but no. Um, the Bears, the Bears have a defense that will probably still two, three games and strong arm their way to a 97 season, 10 and six. And then you have the Vikings, which also, yeah, they might pull the same thing. Uh, and then we move on out west Rams, Seahawks, 49ers. Oh, and let's not forget the Arizona Cardinals have just gotten a lot better. It might be a problem in about a year or two. It ain't happening, Chief. I'm sorry.
Mm -hmm. I'm not in the cop station, but go ahead. I didn't say you weren't coming. You said you were going to win a Super Bowl in two to three years. You're not even going to sniff the playoffs if you're lucky. Like, that is your ceiling right now. Like, if you were to play, you ever play MLB The Show or, like, 2K and where you go in franchise mode and you go look at teams and it's like, contending, buying, selling, rebuilding. You are still in rebuilding. Truth. Factual. No, but if I want to factor that in, you might as well be the damn Cincinnati Bengals. And Niners. Fizz <laughs> Hayes 12 is still back there. He ain't got to. You don't even have to throw really a deep ball. If you get Mike Evans to run a 20 yard go. Or a 15-yard go and get it high enough for Mike Evans, you don't have to throw a deep ball. Right. All right, but here's my point I'm making real quick. NFC North, Rodgers wins. Vikings might get wild card. Cool. NFC. Oh, did they? So it's three wild cards. Yeah, so it's got to be three wild cards. All right, so there's that. So, okay, cool. Bikes, Packers, NFC North. Bears are the outlier on the edge because the Lions have just fallen off a cliff. So, NFC West. I know I said they fell off a cliff. 
eh, he's in a better system than he was in Jacksonville, so on and so forth. Yeah, but you have Khalil Mack and Rokon Smith and God knows the rest of that. And Jackson, like, that is a scary defense. All right, NFC West. Niners were, oh, I don't know, a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl before Shanahan decided to get cute again. And you have Russell Wilson still in Seattle, so that's two. Loser takes wild card, no problem. No hangover. Yeah. Okay. And if the Rams can rebound, their defense is still solid. You kept enough, though. That's about all you need, really. Agreed. But still, just listed like eight teams that are better than the Redskins and for the next three years are likely to be better as well. That's all I'm saying. That's it. We we can just wrap this up. We've spent like 15 minutes on the NFL here at the end of the show. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty. Notice how he walked it back from a Super Bowl to the playoffs. All right, you ain't going nowhere, but okay. So that is it. We just gonna put a bow on this um, real quick before we get out of here. You got anything else for the nice people? Tell you if they pull out Star K, you might as well just start really shooting at each other at this point. 
<laughs> like that is beyond petty. But yeah. Um, that is it. I know at the end of Wednesday's previous show that I promised we were going to have a little special preview of the other side of the tracks, but you know, things happen. So have no fear though. There will be a preview of night two of fighter fest coming at you Wednesday. So there it is. I said on Saturday morning, audio dope. Yep, Dudes of Dorona, which again, hey, safe bet, smart bet, perfectly fine by it. So yeah, you'll you'll get a nice two-for-one special next week. And, oh, Monday. Special, special treat coming for you Monday. We're back with a guest because, you know, Monday means an interview episode. Mr. Rayvon used to work for WWE on the inside, and uh, we'll get into his story. And it is a women's wrestling-heavy show. So if you don't like it, I don't know what's wrong with you. One, two, seriously, what's wrong with you? Like, come on. Ooh, boy. Yep. So I have no fear. That'll be hitting you upside the head. Monday, Wednesday, you get your preview. And the course will wrap up the week with Saturday morning audio dope like you just listened to. So, said, before we go home, anything for the people? Are we good to go? Seriously. Seriously. Wear the damn mask or say yes in the house. One of the two. Like Seth said, best way to end it. I'm Jacob. That said, this has been the Believe in XT podcast. And until we smack you upside the head with some more quality audio dope, we're out of here. <laughs>